are you? Thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah, no worries. I uh, I know how hard it is. I remember doing these interviews too. The nice thing about the museum field is people want to help. So. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, and this is perfect too, because I was looking for a medical museum mm. to um, work with. So that's great. So tell me about your background. My background, yes. So I've been in museums for an incredibly long time, since I was 14. Um, so basically, a little more than half my life now, I just turned um, 29. And so I uh, started at the Field Museum as a teen volunteer, and then I did that for five years. And then I went to Connecticut College for my undergrad, where I did East Asian Studies and Museum Studies um, as my like major. And the Museum Studies program is actually a certificate program, but I often just say my minor or double major. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was in Connecticut. And I did several internships during that time, in one in San Francisco, the Chinese Culture Center of San Francisco. And then I did um, my like, thesis project, essentially, um, at the Lyman Allen Art Museum, which is on campus. And then uh, because I have the East Asian Studies focus, I moved to Beijing for two years after college um, to sort of really like uh, advance my language skills and to work in museums and galleries um, and with artists over there in China, um, which was really rewarding but challenging from like a visa perspective since like um, I just had to keep renewing my visa and I couldn't get like a formal work visa because none of those places had enough money to sponsor me. Um, so I was constantly figuring out ways to like legally work, which became more and more challenging. Um, and then I decided to go to grad school and I came back to the US to go to SAIC, School, school of the Art Institute of Chicago, where I got my MA in art education. And then I started teaching at the International Museum of, or uh, working at the International Museum of Surgical Science as an educator. Okay, great. Oh, that's, that's such a great job. I mean, that's landing that job um, at the Surgical Science Museum is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I was one of two people in my class to get hired, like, by the time graduation happened, which is not very good numbers. It's a very competitive field. Yeah. Out of maybe 15 or 20, only two of us had jobs lined up. Um, but yeah, I, I found it and I was lucky to get hired. That's a testament to how much experience you've had and how Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a hard field to get into. I don't, I don't know your story. If you're just like coming into this from another field, you can totally do that. But I sometimes recommend people to like really think hard if they want to put in all the years and effort and volunteering and internships and part-time jobs to get to a place where you're a full-time yeah. professional. Yeah, that's great. I actually grew up in Connecticut and I'm in San Francisco now. Um, and the Van Gogh exhibit is going on right now. I haven't been though since I'm, we're still kind of homebound here, so. Totally, and it's quite expensive. I can say like, I think it's interesting from a pedagogical perspective. Yeah. They don't tech give any like historical background or anything. It's really uh, meant to elicit like an emotional response, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Um, some people complain that like, I didn't learn anything, but I don't think that's the point of this exhibit. Yeah. And in my opinion, if they're inspired to then want to look up more about Van Gogh, I think it's accomplished. So that was your career path. And thank you for sharing that with me. That's fantastic. Um, how did you end up doing, I looked at the website for the museum as well, and it's fantastic. Um, tell me how that came about. Right, I will say I'm not really responsible for the website. Um, they hired like an external okay. web developer to like make it look as close as it does. Um, I was only ever in charge of updating the events page because I, wore a lot of hats at the museum, um, five basically from developing all public programming in-house and partnerships um, 
running the social media, uh, running the membership program, volunteer program, and internship program. A lot of things. Um, but like a, that sounds like a museum job where you're just doing everything <laughs> at once. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, on top of that, facilitating and, you know, taking out the trash when necessary and all, you know, all that kind of other as do other duties as necessary, right? Yeah. Um, I did that too. I ended up writing the newsletter, doing membership, doing. Oh, I forgot newsletter. I also did the newsletter. <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> so like communication, so you're kind of doing marketing and communications on top Absolutely. of membership. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so we use eye contact for the newsletters, which is a horrendous free like version of uh, all those other ones. Yeah. Very hard to use, but um, can actually make a quite nice looking newsletter. Uh, website is WordPress. Easy to Nice. Um, and then social media, which is what primarily was my like digital input, um, was uh, we have um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are the big three, a little bit on LinkedIn, but like that never really took off. Um, and then before I got furloughed, my boss and the board were pushing me to make a Pinterest. So that would have been something else I had worked on, but we never got around to because the museum is uh, strangely kind of popular on Pinterest because people like there's like a hist med. I don't know if you've, the, it's like a hashtag on Twitter, history of medicine. It was a big HisMed um, community. And also people who are into like morbid, macabre, like medical curiosities. Um, so there's like the medical history science people and then there's like the goths and like, <laughs> no, and then they, yeah. they, but they both really like kind of the same stuff. Yeah, like the Mütter Museum thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, IMSS and the Mütter are like institutional friends. Mm -hmm each other and, and you know all those platforms and I've DM'd with whoever their social media person is like from the museums mm -hmm. um, because we have a lot in common but we're not like uh we're actually quite different they're sort of more oddities like quirky cool and I, I've heard that they also I've actually never been there I would love to go I've just That's never been Althea in general yeah. when I go I'll of course be like I'm the person that you probably remember DMing I actually think their social media person quit um so I think probably there's no more connection. Okay. But uh, anyway, because I remember seeing her on Twitter saying that like she left her job. And there's a big, as you probably know, the museum community is very tight knit, even on a national scale. So you kind of tend to know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, social media is super fun. Do you have any more like specific questions about that? You know, so what I was wondering is between the website and social media, what's the most effective way that you have found to reach people? It sounds like social media is probably yeah. the way. Yes, so. I mean, you have to have a website. Yeah. Especially for maybe like local uh, visitors who are looking specifically for like, what's your address? What are your hours? You know, that kind of more technical, you know, basic information. Social media is a great way to reach a much wider global audience. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, my goal was to not only have it drive people into the museum to a certain extent, so marketing for our public programs, you know, events uh, as a wedding venue, whatever, um, or just like cool objects from our collection that people might want to come and see. But also I thought it was important to uh, just be educative in that space alone. So to use social media as a medium for education. Um, so that you didn't necessarily have to come through our doors to get a little you know, piece of medical history. And so I posted all the time about things that are related to medical history, but not necessarily are related to our collections, mm -hmm. like in 
interesting people that like maybe we don't have anything in our collection about them but like their story is interesting um or you know concepts in medical history uh because i think there's a lot of barriers to access which is probably something you talked about in classes right so some people can't afford to come to the museum even though we do have free days some people aren't in chicago but they love medical history maybe they can't afford to drive up from wherever they live um or you know they're in a whole nother country whatever just giving them a little bit of access to the knowledge that we you know have at the museum yeah, I've noticed you have online exhibits as well, and uh, there's a lot of stuff on the webpage, which is really great. But yeah, Facebook is great for like event pages, you know, getting information about your events out. Also, just for a different audience, um, a little bit of an older audience, statistically. Um, and uh, word count is different. I mean, you can get really technical with social media. So I would often, or I'd always, I wouldn't post necessarily different stuff on different platforms, a little bit. Like you can retweet on Twitter, yeah. so you can you know retweet some exciting things that someone posted. Um, whereas like I wouldn't do that on like Instagram. Yeah. You can there is that option sometimes, yeah. um, but only if it was like a very popular post, like someone who was like an influencer or something, then we would, you know, it's, um, like it's Chicago. It's like a very liberal perspective. We don't necessarily get like. We not, we're not going to talk about like elections or you know, stuff like that, but like, yeah, we use inclusive language when we talk about people from the past. We talk about like queer history sometimes because it's important to medical history, mm -hmm. mental health, um, you know, all that stuff. So sometimes people will be offended. Like we, we posted about like uh, gender politics in the past or people, there are people in medical history who are just important as you know, doctors and nurses who happen to also have like sort of a queer relationship with their gender or sexuality. And so we'll get like, we've had like TERFs, you know, you know the word TERF. Yeah, yeah, trans, yeah, it's feminists, yeah. Um, yeah, trans, 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 feminists, yeah. Radical feminists or something. Like we had a post that like had a lot of like angry TERFs on it, but you know, that was like once or twice. Yeah. What we posted about, um, like there was a nurse who is uh, still alive and maybe she wasn't, she was like a medical professional in the US military and she was famous for like being the first out lesbian in like the US military or something. So like that's not, we posted because of her medical profession but also like included her like legacy. I think we posted during Pride Month. We got people being like, how dare she ruin the military, you know, blah, blah, blah. But generally I don't reply to posts like that. People are allowed to voice their opinion. If it uses hate language, you know, hate uh, speech or whatever, like I'll hide it. Mm -hmm. But I'm I don't engage because it's like yeah. it's my job. Yeah. I want to keep it brief so I don't take up too yeah. much of your time and you've been so helpful. My last question would be um, with your digital strategy, would you be willing to share that with me? And if you don't want to, I understand. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's just like a it's just like a document. Yeah, it's not as exciting as you probably think, but yeah. I'd love to see something. It would be great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll make it like a PDF and I can share it with you. Okay, or a Word file, whatever. Probably, that would be wonderful. I, would, I always recommend to people, like what worked for us isn't going to work for everyone. Yeah. It's really like, you know, related to your specific audience um, and when they're online and what they like. <laughs> Um, also, I did the research back in 2018, so like I would believe that there are some slight differences now, yeah. you know, 
like this was before like fleets and um before we we did post a lot on instagram stories maybe in the last year you know like 2019 or whatever or 2020 um but like that's not necessarily in my you know how these things go you write the thing you follow it and then when you start to know the knowledge you just do it organically yeah exactly but yeah, I'll share it with you. If you have the time and that you're being paid to, you can update the strategy. But if you're furloughed, that's not really a priority as well. So right. I tried to update it, but like again, it was like never a priority. Yeah. And as I was the only one doing it, like I didn't have to. Yeah. Did I, you well, have to did you have to run it by the board or or you just no. did it? You were just on your own. Okay. I just did it. And then when they saw the numbers, they were like, Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, in two years I did grow like um all the social media by like together by like 14 or 17,000 or something. That's fantastic. Growth. Yeah. yeah. I think it helps too. I mean, you're, you're young, you're 29. So I think you're a little more dialed in also to social media. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of older people, it would be really hard to navigate that because it's a totally new platform, but you know, you, I'm partially of the generation that grew up with computers and you definitely yeah. are the generation that grew up with them. So I'm in like the first generation that, yeah, like. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if yeah. I end up in Chicago, hopefully in the next couple of years, I would love to come buy you a cup of coffee. Right land. Yes, absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank yeah. you. Bye.